1: Big Guess,
0: The Big Picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR.
1: Well, we did book our next guest for today, not knowing there was going to be uh, an unfolding Canadian political scandal. So maybe we'll touch on that. But I, I do want to spend some time talking about this book because it lays out a, a very intriguing and important thesis. We have been told for a very long time Get ready for an overpopulated planet. That we're going to get to the point where maybe we'll have more people uh, than we're prepared to deal with living on this planet. We crossed the 7 billion threshold uh, a few years ago. And to a lot of the people who've been warning us about overpopulation, that was kind of a, an aha moment. See, we told you so kind of moment. But should we be bracing ourselves for the opposite? Well, that's the case laid out in this uh, new book. It's called Empty Planet. The Shock of Global Population Decline. Joining us to talk more about it is John Ibbotson, writer-at-large for The Globe and Mail, co-author of Empty Planet. John, thanks so much for joining us here. Welcome to the program. My pleasure, Robert.
0: this is day for both of us, but I'm glad we could take some time to talk about
1: this. Well, indeed. Let's, let's touch briefly here on, on what's unfolding today in Ottawa. And Jody Wilson-Raybould's sure. resignation from, from uh, Cabinet. How significant is this in your view? How bad is this about to get for the Prime Minister?
0: It's extremely bad. Uh, first of all, it makes him look an idiot because yesterday he was saying he had, she had uh, she had his full confidence, and the fact that she was in cabinet spoke volumes. Well, in fact, she's not in cabinet; speaks volumes more. Um, so that's just really you know bad uh, management on the part of the of the PM and his advisors. But it, it's worse than that. Um, when cabinet ministers resign in protest over the over major government policies, that's usually really bad for the government. I'm thinking of um, John Turner quitting Pierre Trudeau's cabinet over deficit or Lucien Bouchard quitting Brian Mulroney's cabinet over uh, the Michele accord's failure. Um, this is a cabinet minister who says, um, the way I have been treated, um, we believe, uh, the way I have been treated as justice minister uh, was so offensive that... Um, Uh, that I ultimately have got to resign from cabinet, uh, and the way I've been treated since, uh, such that I have to resign from cabinet. That speaks to, again, the competence of the the prime minister and his advisors. It speaks to the issue of, uh, as the globe first reported, of possible interference in a corruption uh, case involving SNC-Lavalin. And it all comes um, mere months before an election campaign. I don't think it could get much worse uh, for the government than this.
1: All right. Let's talk about the book, John. Um, okay. it's, it's a very interesting thesis you lay out because, look, I mean, any book, you, you need to make your case. But what you're doing with this is, is challenging a lot of that so-called conventional wisdom that's been there for a long time, that, that we were worried about population, well, overpopulation. So what, what convinced you that maybe we're going in a much different direction?
0: Well, you're absolutely right. Conventional Wisdom takes the form of the United Nations Population Division, which projects these numbers and has been doing a good job of it since not long after the Second World War. But there's a growing group of demographers, uh, mostly based in Europe, who believe that the U.N. assumptions are wrong, um, that that the developing world especially is urbanizing at such an incredible pace um uh, that um fertility rates are are crashing in places where we never expected them to crash um i'm thinking about china which is half a baby below the replacement rate uh that would allow them to keep their population stable i'm thinking about india which is just reach replacement rate uh so it is not going to be the baby factory that uh that other projections would have it be um i'm thinking of latin america and the caribbean which are at replacement rate as well overall so most of the places in the world where you look when you expect to see large numbers of babies being born that will bring us up to 11 billion by the end of the century, as the United Nations predicts, those places aren't producing those babies anymore. Uh, so Daryl Bricker, my co-author, and I... Um, came. Side of that a we agreed with the dissident demographers who say we're not going to get to much more than nine billion by mid-century and then start to decline and that we should actually go out and, and research it uh, and write a book about it because this is the kind of stuff that you read about in specialty journals but most people just aren't aware of
1: is is one worse than the other i mean i, I suppose that both have their their potential perils i mean we, we've heard the warnings about overpopulation what could that lead to but does that necessarily mean that a population decline is a good thing
0: yeah, we don't, as we said in the book, it's not a good thing or a bad thing, it's just, but it is a big thing. Um, in terms of the environment, it would be great uh, if we don't get to 11 billion people. Uh, in the fight to contain global warming, having a couple of billion fewer people on the earth will be a huge advantage. Not only because there are just fewer people consuming resources, but because a lot of um, urbanization uh, brings about uh, the, the loss of a lot of marginal farmland. Um, farmland that goes back to bush, the way my ancestors' uh, farm went back to bush. Uh, that, that serves to be, a, um, acts both as, as, a, as a carbon sink um, and also increases biodiversity. So it's all great on the environment side, nothing but great. Um, it's bad on the economic side because you have every year fewer young people than you had the year before. That means you have fewer people available to pay taxes for old people who need uh, pensions and health care, and you have fewer consumers. Consumers drive an economy, and it means that every year there are fewer people available to to buy that first house, to buy the car, to buy the baby stroller. Um, So there's there's no question that um, a declining population is an economic challenge. Geopolitically, it really mixes things up because, in fact, it makes China much weaker down the road than a lot of us think it's going to be and potentially makes the United States much stronger down the road than a lot of people think it will be.
1: Where where does it leave Canada then? Uh,
0: We are sitting pretty. So the only way to combat um, uh, low rates of fertility, because you can't do it through government programs, no one has ever managed to make it work. Uh, the only way you can uh, you can combat it is through immigration. And Canada, of course, has uh, you know we bring in more people on a per capita basis than just about anybody on earth. So as long as we retain a healthy commitment to immigration, uh, we will be able to counterbalance what uh, because our own fertility rate is well below replacement rate. Uh, we will be able to prevent our population from going into decline. And in fact, our population will continue to grow way through the middle of the century at a time when other countries are starting to lose people. So it, it puts us in a very strong position.
1: So countries that are already dealing with with this, or at least seeing trends in this direction, are, are, are how are they, they dealing with it, or are they?
0: They're dealing with it badly. Um, so there are about two, two dozen countries in the world that are losing population right now. Japan uh, lost almost 450,000 people last year. And Japan is in about three decades of economic stagnation. Uh, and that, part of that economic stagnation is caused by the fact that there are just fewer people in Japan every year, especially fewer young people. Uh, some countries in Eastern Europe uh, that are losing people or will soon start to lose people have nonetheless closed their doors to immigration. They'd rather see their population decline than admit foreigners. It's demographically suicidal on their part, but uh, that's the way they want to handle it. Uh, but it's something that most countries uh, in the developed world are going to have to uh, grapple with in the next uh, few years. And you know what? Brazil, fifth largest country in the world, has a, replace- has a fertility rate well below replacement rate. So it's going to start showing up in some surprising areas.
1: Now, there, there are steps governments can take, I suppose, either to try to lure immigrants to their countries or try to encourage um larger families are, are we seeing that anywhere
0: there's not much you can do to encourage larger families look it's a great idea to have uh you know a, a long-term parental leave especially if the father has to take half of it um and you know uh, st- support for daycare centers uh early childhood education even direct payments to families these are all good things um they're good in and of themselves, but societies tend to fall into what's called a low fertility trap, and it's just exactly what you're, you're you see looking around you. Once you get into an environment where people have one or two kids, and that's the norm, or maybe not, maybe they just get a dog, then that's the norm. Uh, large families become exceptional. So, um, and you're not having a kid because you know God says you must, or your extended family is demanding that you get married and have. Have children, all the things that used to happen in the past. Now you have a kid because you basically you and your your, your partner want to complete themselves. They, they want to. They, it, it's a it's a part of their life's journey. Uh, they're looking for fulfillment, and usually one or two is enough to get them quite fulfilled. Thank you very much. So you, you can you can help a bit, but you can never through government programs. But a they're very expensive, and b they will not bring your uh, fertility rate back up to replacement rate.
1: Immigration is, is a shortcut in that sense, but, you know, I mean, we're seeing at the moment, I mean, not just in Canada, the U.S. and other countries, that you know, immigration has become a real hot-button issue.
0: It has. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, the populism that we see uh, emerging in parts of the world is, is in part of a result of immigration. But what we say in the book is, um, and we don't want to get into the, you know, the, the, the partisan politics of it, but we, what we say in the book is, if sheer economic self-interest is what drives you, if, you know, looking after the needs of your society, uh, if you're making sure you have the taxes that you need to pay for the services that you want, if this is what drives your vote, then your vote has to be for a high immigration policy because that's the only way you're going to sustain your, your society and prevent economic decline. And by the way, the places where we get our immigrants, their fertility rates are dropping fast. Uh, the, the time is going to come when, when c- countries actually have to compete hard to get immigrants uh, who will be thin on the ground.
1: Right, because not only are we headed then potentially in the direction of population decline, it's going to be a, an older population.
0: An older population, a uh, population with, uh, uh, now, not everywhere, sub-Saharan Africa, although the, even their birth rates is starting to decline, but uh, there will be parts of the world that are still young, uh, that still have large young populations. India is in a kind of a Goldilocks phase now where they're at replacement rate, but they still have uh, one or two more generations of young people to come. Um, But on the whole, it's going to be an older society. It's going to be a society where where we worry about innovation because, you know, whatever else the young are, um, they're inspired by new ideas. Um, Old folks like me, uh, not so much. So that could be a challenge as well going down the road.
1: So in terms of the numbers and, and, you know, some projecting that we might even be, you know, 11 billion by uh, the end of this century, what's a more realistic forecast, uh, longer-term decades down the road?
0: So we think, uh, and again, we're channeling the ideas of 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 demographers, but we agree with the projections that say we won't get to 11 billion. Uh, We will get to 9 billion. And we'll get to 9 billion sometime around the middle of the century, and then we'll start to decline in population. And by the end of the century, we should be back to 7 billion. We should be back to where we are right now. And that will just keep on going. That will never stop.
1: It will keep going down.
0: It will keep going down every year. There will be fewer 19-year-olds than there are 20-year-olds um, because in the Kansas of a population decline, once it gets started, it's very hard to stop because there are fewer people every year, um, and it's uh, and, and once there are fewer people every year, then that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Fewer uh, people means fewer young women. Fewer young women means fewer children. It's um, uh, it's it, it just it's one of those circles that reinforces itself.
1: Right. Well, seven billion people in 2100 doesn't sound so bad. Um... Where, where, where does that leave us in 2,200?
0: Uh, we don't go farther <laughs> than that. I mean, look, you know, there are projections that could have the world's population down to 2 or 3 billion uh, within a century or so. But you know what? Things, n- n- things don't go on uh, in one direction without any uh, changes at all. Maybe we'll decide that we want to start having large families again. Uh, that's not something that's going to happen, you know, for two or three generations. But maybe people will be so sick of being only kids uh, that they'll say, let's have three or four. What the heck? Um, but that's down the road. That's not something we can predict or project.
1: Indeed. Well, it is uh, quite a fascinating topic. Again, the book is called Empty Planet, The Shock of Global Population Decline. John Ibbotson, great talking to you here today. Thanks so much for joining us.
0: It's been a pleasure. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk, 770 Calgary.